Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift, the online cycling platform that makes training fun. Here with the Giro d'Italia Stage 2, the time trial that was originally going to be a prologue back in 2020, the 9K TT around Budapest, but not a prologue because this is the second stage. Vanderbilt going into the stage in the pink jersey, I think oh, 10 to 14 seconds ahead of many of the GC riders and more than 14 ahead of some others with the time split yesterday in that uphill sprint. The big contenders for the stage, him, probably odds on to keep Malia Rosa, but Dumoulin's here, Foss, uh, Sobrero, Almeida, Athene did well in the TT last year. Simon Yates was good in the TT at Paranis, uh, but no like, no Van Aert, no Kung, no, none of those riders as well. But before we get into the results, we had a pretty exciting day, Benji. We, we went in the car, went in the van behind Jais uh, Lembreza, if that's how you say his name right, in the Yama Visma team van. Yes, sir. And it was uh, it was quite an experience. Like There's a lot of things that you can say about being in the car behind a time trial, uh, time trialing rider in a, a time trial that is as technical as the parkour that is today. And I think the main thing I want to say is we've had we've had a great driver, Eddie Baumans, which is like uh, an ex-white jersey winner at the Tour de France. So that's actually crazy to think about. Won the Tour de Hungary back in the days. And he's now yeah driving us around in that time trial behind Gijs Lehmreis. And the one thing that notices that stands out to me personally is the fact that that car went a lot faster than I, in my mind, anticipated. It was like a rally through the corners. Yeah, and, you know, he's trying to stay close to him. There's a really technical section in this parkour, by the way, the 9K TT. It looks flat, but there's slow points. It's through the city of Budapest. They go under an overpass. There's a very narrow chicane, uh, yeah, which, as Benji was saying, Eddie had to navigate. It was uh, very, very tricky. I think Tobias Bayer indeed crashed there. And then there's the four, 1,400-meter, 5% climb to Fisherman's Bastion above it in Budapest, which had a bit of pave, not decisive, but it's it's not a, it's an irregular climb. There's a really steep star, uh, sort of pinch at the bottom, two of them, and then it levels off on asphalt once again. And, yeah, before we get into the results, a word on our show partner, Zwift, who've sponsored the pod all year round, and also where Matthew Vanderpol, who was in the Malia Rosa today, spends his time or spent his time in January building up before his tilt at Milano San Remo and the Classics. If you want to check out Zwift, you can go to Zwift.com for a free seven-day trial through the link down Below, it has real-world and fantasy locations to ride in, as well as workouts, training plans, and a packed calendar of group rides and races, and a meetup functionality, which Benji and I have been putting to great use ourselves before the Giro d'Italia. But the results in this TT, Yates takes it. Simon Philip Felipe Yates, rather, on Bike Exchange. Their setup looks really good. He did a really good TT at Paranese, as I said. Beats Van der Poel. 46 and a half average K an hour by three seconds. Dumoulin third, Sobrero fourth, who did pretty well in a TT in Giro d'Italia last year, I think, 13 seconds back. Then Tullet, very punchy Ineos rider. Foss, Kelderman, 
Leonard Kamner, former under-23 uh, time trial champion, I think. Schmidt and Aronsman, 10th. Almeida, 18th. I, I, there's no way, Benji, I thought Almeida would finish outside the top 10. I don't know what's going on there. Was he not lying about, I only want a top five from this race? Oh, it's, it must be disappointing for the camp of UAE looking at this time and saying to themselves, well, okay, what happened to Almeida here? What was the issue here? What's the reason that he's not in that top 10? Because like you say, he must be in that top 10 100% in any situation here unless he has bad luck somewhere, which I don't think he had. Now, looking at the other riders, like you're talking about Simon Yates winning this. I was expecting somewhat of a, at least a top 10, top 5 perhaps, if he had a day like that, Paris-Nice. But a victory is uh, way above any of my expectations. I thought Vanderpool would clean this up and he didn't. He got second on those three seconds and the technical part did bring an advantage for someone like Vanderpool with an acceleration. Are we underestimating the acceleration of Simon Yates? Um, maybe Vanderpool spent a lot in the initial flat section. He's probably trains less on his TT bike than Simon Yates. I think Simon Yates' setup and equipment is better than Vanderpool's. Vanderpool's is also wearing the organizer's jersey, which I think people saw on the recon. He had like yeah, it didn't fit him that well. They rarely do. So that's a disadvantage. But yeah, when at T1, which is actually at the base of the climb, helpfully, Yates was only uh, not even a full second ahead of Vanderpool. And I, so I thought Vanderpool was going to win because in the Paranese TT, Yates did a really good time to the intermediate and then faded in the second half. But he put another two, one and a half seconds into Vanderpool on that climb, which, yeah. Crazy from Simon Yates. He's in great shape. Whether he can carry it for three weeks, I don't know. He has had issues with that. And also the time gaps here are not – it's not like the Tour de France where 20 seconds is insurmountable or 30 seconds. You know, it's a first blow. He's looking good. Uh, interesting in this TT is from looking at the T1 to the finish splits, Rick Zabel did the climb the fastest. Anchorn second fastest. <laughs> they both did the – the Zabel did the way out there, like 42 k's an hour average. Is there KOM points? Is Zabel taking the KOM? That must be it, right? Actually, I don't know, but that could give the reason to why these two riders decided to go all out on the final climb alone. Because the initial part that they brought up was, yeah, one of the worst times on the initial part, the run towards that climb, which is expected when you then hammer the last part of that climb. And uh, yeah. It's pretty cool to see that they both had a little sprint. Diego Rosa, Diego Rosa of Eolo also tried it. So there must be something in there when it comes to the KOM being there for the uh, final climb, quite certainly. But uh, when we mention those times, I also want to mention Carapaz. And when we look at Richard Carapaz, he was ninth at T1. I was like, oh, this is a good time. Carapaz, oh, he's looking good. And then he started the climb and you started saying it first. And he didn't look that great. He didn't look like he was going that fast. And what time did he get on the on the on the last time? Was he ninety seventh of everybody in like the last climb itself? I think about ninety fifth, which is yeah. I was watching. I was like, I think he's going. I just, you know he's going slower than Ozo, the writer of LanternRouge.com.au on the climb. Like he's going slower, and yeah, ninety fifth on that, and that's ahead of um around the same time as slower than Krieger, um slower than Alessandro Tonelli or Rado Hollenstein. So he blew up Carapaz. It seems like. Uh, he didn't do a disastrous TT if I filter. Uh, like he again, like he, they're not losing huge amounts of seconds here. But you know, Lander lost. 
He came 30th on 1223, 30 seconds, 33 seconds behind Yates. Not the worst in the world. Carapaz, about not even 18. I'm trying to do quick maths. 28 seconds, not even 30 seconds back. So all the best, TT. Uh, for Ineos, Tullet was really good. Uh, Sivakov and Port were all around just a, just a little bit ahead of Carapaz. But Port, did the, they all did differently, it seems, Benji. Uh, Sivakov a bit quicker out, 14th to T1, then finished about 15th, a bit slower on the climb. Port, a bit slower out, and then 7th on the climb, and then Carapaz 9th on the way out and 97th. So different strokes for different folks, or maybe Carapaz just blew up. I don't know. Any other notable things to pull out of this TT? Uh, Benji, a Kelderman looking good. I think Sobrero goes into the white jersey, and I just checked Zabel does take KOM, but yeah, MVP in pink. How long do you reckon he keeps it for? Do you reckon he, do you reckon he actually, just want to ask, does he go for the sprint tomorrow or Moreshko? Because he's safe in pink. He doesn't need the bonus. Ooh, I think, uh, why is Moreshko here if he can't go for the sprint? That's my issue here. Exactly. And that's the reason that I'd say Moreshko would sprint, but I want to see Van Der Poel sprint. Like, I want to see him in the bunch sprint, and yeah, perhaps it's unlikely that he'll do it. Perhaps he won't go for Chiclamino, Chiclamino unless... Yeah, unless he actually goes for it. But um, I don't know. I, um, I'm i going to go with yes because I want to see him do that sprint and solely for that reason alone. But I will mention something else about the Stam Troll. We also went to uh, uh, to see some of the recon and we noticed that in the way back, they, the riders like start from the starting line. They do the recon. And in the way back, they had to go from the finish line back to the start through active traffic in Budapest. Like, how insane is that? I can't get over that. Literally, I saw an Androni drone hopper rider almost get hit by a taxi on the way back. It's crazy. Well, and after the actual TT itself, so like Patrick Gamper, we saw Bora Hansgrohe, they took his TT bike off him and handed him a road bike uh, on the way back so he could ride easy, whereas the Trek guys rode back uh, in traffic, which, yeah, so that was kind of interesting. I mean, yeah, short ride. It's not like it's a long ride for the riders. Other ones I want to pick out. Schielmer is a little bit less than I thought on 29 seconds and 21st. Uh, Hinley and Lander, as I said, kind of where they should be. Magnus Court. Uh, now, I don't know if he had a mechanical or something. He finished 40 seconds back part behind like Lascano, Brandler, Conti in a TT which should – pretty much suit him he did well enough well to tt like do you have any insight on that benji or is he coming into the race underprepared he kind of said he was going to be somewhat underprepared going into this race but next to him i've also got the, f- the fact that lopez miguel Angel lopez lost 44 seconds as well so for lopez he we know he's an inconsistent tt rider we know that sometimes he's got great tts but sometimes he's got terrible tts but 44 seconds on a uh Parkour that is this short with a punchy finish at the end, that's that's just bad. Yeah, that's no good. And, you know, I tried to tell him yesterday that I think he'll win on Blockhouse and, yeah, maybe he will. Uh, otherwise, Attila Volta lost a fair bit of time and I'm hoping he's out of the white jersey picture, I think, for the rest of the race, Not let alone Malia, Malia Rosa. I think he needs to lose time tomorrow in, a, in advance of uh, Balaton Fute. No, in advance of Etna, rather, when they go down to Sicily. But before we talk about tomorrow's stage and any other things out of this TT, mentioned that the LRCP Giro coverage is supported by GCN+. Plus. You'll have heard Robbie McEwen on comms today. He is covering the race, I think now in person, over in 
the UK. You can watch all 3,410 kilometers live and ad-free on GCN Plus who have live rights worldwide, excluding New Zealand. Catch up when it suits you with full stage replays and on-demand highlights all available on any screen so you can watch anytime, anywhere. All LRCP listeners from the US, UK, Australia, Canada, or Germany can get 25% off an annual GCN subscription with like the quantity of races throughout the year is insane by heading to gcn.eu slash LRCP, which is in the description down below. Thanks to GCN Plus for supporting the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast. But before we get on to the other TT, just pulling out anything else, Benji, Binium, 42 seconds back. We didn't expect anything uh, too spectacular. What about Dumoulin, Benji? Does this make you he's third here? It's a good result. There's no shame in being beaten by Yates, who went quicker than Van der Poel. Does this make you believe he's a serious GC guy for a top five of this race? Or what do you need to see? Are you waiting for Etna to really know how he's going to go? I don't consider him a serious GC rider yet. I need to see more confirmation for that. He had a good time trial or decent time trial, at least in UAE before he collapsed on that climb. So we need to see more before we can actually decide, okay, Dumoulin's back. He can compete for GC. That's not the case at the moment. They've also got Foss there. So it's going to be a, a two rider camp there to uh, fight for GC, depending on who can hang on on Etna Blockhouse and so forth and in the future. But for now, I'm still on the pending side. I uh, don't think this proves too much outside of the fact that he's at least got basic form, which is uh, pretty important to at least go into this race, I'd say. So all going well. I mean, bike exchange, if I was them now with Yates, the virtual Malia Rosa leader with Van der Poel, not a GC guy, Yates a little bit of a well, nice buffer ahead of, uh, say, Dumoulin, five seconds, Kelderman, 13 seconds, didn't he wear the jersey for like two weeks in the 2018 Giro, Simon Yates, before Froome attacked him uh, in the third week? If I was them, I'd be trying to give away the jersey and let the breakaway win on on Etna rather than carrying that burden all the way to Blockhouse and then deeper into the race. Because this race is going to be won or lost in the third week. We Yeah, it's nice to have these little salvos here. Maybe they want the pink jersey for the sponsors after Etna, but playing the long game, if I was them... I'd probably let that let the break win, even though Yates, you know, he could win that stage, and I think he could probably win on Blockhouse or lose two minutes, like Adam Yates did. Adam Yates, I think, lost four minutes uh, on Blockhouse. But tomorrow's stage, Benji, MDP's got an 11 second buffer. He'll be keeping that Malia Rosa, even if he doesn't sprint tomorrow, um, going into the Sicilian stages. Who do you like for it? It's a it's a pure sprint stage. Ewan's continued this race, I think. Um, you know, we saw Jan Tratnik doing the TT one-hander today. It's got like a 3% kicker, oh, 13 k's from the finish at 1,600 meters to go. That shouldn't concern anybody. Who do you like for it? Because I think I said Ewan, now he's crashed. i, I got to revise or think about who I like for this stage. I uh, went for Mark Cavendish, and I'll stay with it. I think Merku is going to play a godlike lead-out mode for him, and I think that's going to matter on the stage of tomorrow. The quick-step team seems pretty all right so far in this time trial and the stage before and I think that they're going to pull it off and they're going to set up a proper lead-out for Cavendish. And if he's going to make it or not, depends on his own sprint speed then compared to the others and dependent on the positioning of Ewan and whether he's completely bagged because we don't know if he's going to be completely okay after that crash. Like we spoke with the press officer of Lotto when he said that it was relatively okay, but yeah, that's a press officer of Lotto, so I'm not sure if it's like 100% accurate in that sense, but um, I think that, yeah, my pick is Cavendish for that sprint. 
I'm going to go with Arno de Mar. Uh, Ewan's got notable STs as Schwarzman, Zelig, I think, and Kluger. So the German lead out. But yeah, the crash yesterday might have knocked him a little bit. We've got Binium, but in a pure hectic bunch sprint, I knock him down a little bit. I think he the climb yesterday, that suited him, thinning it out a bit more. MVP and Mareshko, eh, don't like it. I don't know which one they're going for. And so Demar's got the big train. They didn't bring, like Volta literally has no support. It's like a six-man old-school train, a Scotsman, Sinkledam, Ludvigsen, Konovolovos, Guarnieri, uh, and Clement Davi. So... He's got to perform, and tomorrow's the big, yeah, the first big sprint stage. There's Nitsolo here who looks, you know, nippy at the first intermediate, but what does that really mean? I think you're right that Cavs are, you know, probably first or second favorite with Ewan, probably first favorite now. But, yeah, any any other thoughts on the, the first sprint tomorrow? Not necessarily on the sprint itself, but I do want to say that we've been inside this race for the last two days, and we've I've really enjoyed it. And I want to say thank you to the people that we met that also listened to the podcast and so forth. It was a great experience meeting you guys and just in general, uh was a fun experience for us as well to be in this race and so forth. So uh awesome stuff. Yeah, that's been really nice. Our first Grand Tour or race that we've gone to for the podcast, people coming up and saying hello is fantastic. And seeing some of the runners as well. I ran into Leonard Kamner, podcast favorite uh today and managed to give him the unofficial one of one Wilco Kelderman uh fan club t shirt. And Wilco's doing well. So are those two things connected, Leonard and Wilco and, you know, me being around them? I don't know. Probably it is, it is connected if my logic tells me correctly. And, yeah, being in the in the behind Chase Lamarizer in the Yumbo van or car today, it was cool. It was it was crazy just how how narrow some of the sections are and you forget, like, how, how skillful those guys have to be to drive behind, particularly in a van. Um and also the differences between teams. You walk around the bus, you can you know you can see it. Everyone can see it. Like Yumbo have all their riders warming up in shade. It was hot today in Budapest, like 20, 22 degrees. I'm probably a little bit sun kissed. And other teams have got their riders literally doing TT warm up in direct sunlight. Um, and others have got no fans but no direct sunlight. And so it makes a difference. And some teams have got it all dialed in. And some don't, and whether that's a lot of the time, it might be budget as well. And it's like, yeah, of course, we would love to have ice vest for every guy and a big overhanging thing and an enclosure and an extra bus and all this. But some teams can't afford it. Some can, and maybe don't go that extra mile. But yeah, a lot of pressure on Demar tomorrow. Less pressure on Ewan, but he might pull it off. And it's a sprint stage that shouldn't really change the change the Malia Rosa. Um, yeah. What are you? Any last thoughts on on today's stage, Benji and the GC? Have your thoughts on GC changed at all since our preview? We should probably let people know if they have. I don't think they have necessarily. I think that my Almeida pick is looking a bit meh after this time trial. But hey, he's gonna come back. Week three is where he's gonna strike back, and uh, it's only been like one time trial with a meh result. So it's not like he was like actually like completely terrible, you know. So. Uh, I keep my uh, I keep my beliefs. I keep my beliefs in Almeida. And when it comes to my scale moles, a top 10 prediction, his TT wasn't great. Like, it looks like every single person I predicted to do well in GC decided to not do a, do a good time trial today. So I guess they just, they're, they're out for me. They're just out for me. So that's unfortunate, but they're all going to come back eventually. And yeah, it's Almeida just sometimes he blows hot and cold. I, I was more concerned by yesterday. Like, damn, you're getting gapped on that finish. But then... To me, it looked like the Formula lead out for Ulysses kind of put him in a bad spot uh, when I was watching that 
again. But other news was, if you hadn't seen, is some funny clips going around, and it was after or before we started recording, or after rather, uh, Vanderpool nearly took his eye out with a champagne cork from the the stand and it like looked like it actually hurt him so i'm sure people have seen that doing the rounds on social media but that's all from us today short punchy tt it was lovely spectating beautiful scenes here in budapest we enjoyed it and uh yeah mvp and malia rosa the organizers have to be happy and simon yates looking good with great legs early doors thanks to zwift for being the show partner of lrcp and we'll see you with the sprint recap tomorrow ciao